Are you a minister? But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted, and were scattered abroad, as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Matthew 9, 36-38, KJV. If you were to interview anybody that has been called as one of God's laborers, you'd undoubtedly find varying stories as to how and when they received their marching orders from on high. When we look at the Bible and how God called his laborers to the harvest, you will see his chosen method for each was a tailor-made experience, to say the least. David. Remember David, God's first chosen king of Egypt? Some would say Saul was, but if we remember, the people wanted a king, and God gave them what they wanted in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 10, 17-19, and 24, KJV. And Samuel called the people together unto the Lord to Mespah, and said unto the children of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt, and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all kingdoms, and of them that oppressed you. And ye have this day rejected your God, whom himself saved you out of all your adversities and tribulations. And ye have said unto him, Nay, but set a king over us. Now therefore present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. And Samuel said to all the people, See, ye him whom the Lord hath chosen, that there is none like him among all the people. And all the people shouted and said, God save the king. But if we go to Acts 13, 19 through 23, we will find that God knew all along that he was going to have a king over his people and had already prepared David like a baby in the mother's womb. We know this because we find here that God had already predestined David's lineage to be that from which our Lord and Savior would come. And it is on his throne will Jesus rule forever. Acts 13, 19 through 23, KJV. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land and them by lot. And after that, he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they desired a king. And God gave unto them Saul, son of Sis, a man of the tribe of Benjamin by the space of 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up unto him David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony, and said, I have found David the son of Jess, a man after mine own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. Peter one of the most noted disciples and among Jesus' top three because he took them on various major missions such as his trip to the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter was also one of his most outspoken in that he could be found either speaking what thus says the Lord and unfortunately sometimes speaking from the heart of Satan. We can see that contrast in Matthew 16, 37 through 17 and Matthew 16, 21 through 23. So how was Peter brought in, doing what he did for a living, fishing? Except after this experience with Jesus, he had no doubt who he was in the presence of. 
Let's read about it in Luke 5, 1 through 10. And it came to pass that, as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drop. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and at all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, well, technically, he was called before he was even born. And one could even argue he was given his call in the womb. Luke 1, 39-44, KJV. And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste and to a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. John the Baptist was already paving the way, even though he wasn't even born. The same spirit that filled John and made him to leap in her womb, announcing Christ, rose up through his mother and spoke as the forerunner would do, announcing the coming of the Christ. Amen. Another thing that is evident about the way God chose to call in his laborers, which is defined in the Bible dictionary as an unskilled worker who performs such menial tasks as tilling the fields and gathering crops, he knew exactly where to find them. Moses. Moses, as we know, was the one God used to bring his people out of Egypt, out of bondage, in essence, fulfilling one of the promises God made to Abraham. We all know where God found him on the backside of the desert, tending to his father-in-law's flock, training, no doubt, for his upcoming assignment, tending to his father's sheep. Exodus 3, 1-4, KJV. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. 
And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. Jonah. In the beginning of the book of Jonah, Jonah is given a directive from God in Jonah 1, 2. Arise, go to Nivea, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. And immediately, right after God spoke, Jonah took off running in protest, refusing the calling. But God was right on his heels. Jonah 1, 3-4 But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Afterward, we all know the story. Jonah would later be thrown overboard to save the men and the ship from destruction. And there, in the water, God had a fish prepared for him to take him up. In the whale's belly, Jonah would spend three days and three nights until he was ready to obey God's previous directive. Arise, go to Nivea, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Later, the story of Jonah was used by Jesus as the only sign they would receive as they were an evil and adulterous generation. Matthew 12, 38-41 then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nivea shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. Woman at the well. Jesus alone and weary with his journey took rest on a well on his way through Samaria. His disciples having gone to get meat in the city, Jesus makes a request of a woman who comes to the well to give water. But catch it here, she went to the well in need of natural water, where she was expecting to find the water she was in search of. But little did she know, she was about to meet with another kind of well, and instead of leaving with water that could never satisfy her thirst, she, she ended up finding the water that she was in need of, for out of his belly flowed living water. John 4, 4-10, through 10, KJV and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me? Which am I, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Now, 
Look at the events that had to take place in order for Jesus to be at that place, at the right time, to meet a woman who was, like many of us, in desperate need of water. You know, just like God told Jonah that he needed to go to Nivea because their wickedness had come before him. And remember when the Lord told Moses that he had heard the cries of his people and he was sending him to Pharaoh to bring his children out? God can hear the cries of those that belong to him. Here, Jesus was demonstrating how the Father will go to great lengths to set you free, to make you whole, to reconcile his children back to him. He's even gone so far as giving his only begotten son to be crucified. Jesus knew where this woman was going to be, and he placed himself in perfect position for her to receive from him if she were willing to allow him to open her eyes so that she could see him for who he was, her Messiah. There were also times in the Bible when Jesus separated the person who needed to be made whole from any distractions and unbelievers. Remember when Jesus led the blind man out of the town by the hand before attempting to perform the miracle of restoring his sight? As we find in the following verses, I declare that Jesus sent the disciples away on purpose because he knew they would serve as a stumbling block to this woman's deliverance. Why? Because as we see in John 4, 27 through 29, the moment the disciples arrived on the scene, they responded just as the woman expected Jesus to do. Because he was a Jew, why was he even talking to her? What they should have perceived by walking with Jesus so long is that things aren't always as they seem on the surface. Jesus was taking this woman through a transformation, making her into his image, so that from her belly would now flow this living water so that she may instead of drawing men to her would draw men to christ john 4 27 through 29 and upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman yet no man said what seekest thou or why talkest thou with her the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men come See, a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Amen. A laborer, as we define prior, is a servant unto God in his kingdom, just as a minister is also called a servant of God. But more than that, a minister is defined as one who serves others and is sent to preach the word. As you will see by the stories to come, their lives, as outlined, looked anything but like one who God would pick to be his ministers. One was a murderer, another was considered a coward, and the last was an unwed virgin. However, they were on the receiving end of God's grace and mercy, and his choosing them to do extraordinary exploits. As you will read, when God gave the call, there was also no scheduled time for his visits. He did not call by permission, and it didn't always come at the most opportune time. Paul on the Damascus Road, Acts 9, 1-4 KJV, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any on this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? After this encounter, 
Paul went on to endure great persecution. Instead of being the one bringing the threatenings and the slaughter, he found himself on the receiving end. And as he was proclaimed to be Christ's official replacement for Judas as the twelfth disciple, but despite all he had gone through for walking in the preachings and teachings of Christ, he went on to do great exploits for the kingdom of God. Gideon, Judges 6, 11 through 14, KJV. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was in Oprah, that pertained unto Joash the Abizarite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thy mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of? Saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. And thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? While it took much convincing on God's part to get Gideon on the field to serve him. Remember the cloth wet or dry? Gideon went on to prove to himself that he was indeed a mighty man of valor. Instead of hiding from the Midianites, with only 300 men, he slew their armies and took two princes of the Midianites, Oreb and Zeb, and they slew Oreb upon the rock of Oreb, and Zeb they slew at the winepress of Zeb, and pursued Midian, and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon on the other side of Jordan. Mary, Luke 1, 26, KJV. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind, What manner of salutation this should be? And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. Facing being disavowed by the man to whom she was espoused, Mary faced losing everything as well as ridicule and possibly death. Remember the woman caught in the act of adultery? But she bravely accepted God's will to make her the mother of the coming Messiah. She trusted him, and because of that, she would be known as the mother of our Lord and hers and Savior. Having delved into the backgrounds of some of God's called men and women of God, those he chose to minister to his people, we could safely say that, on the surface, they were ragamuffins of society. But on a deeper level, they are just demonstrations of the transforming power of God's grace and mercy. Well, having reached the end of another episode of Supping with Jesus, if your curiosity has led you to keep listening thus far, I think it's safe to assume you're a minister too. Want more? Find the podcast on www.suppingwithjesus.com or listen to it on SoundCloud, Podbean, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, and more.